Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast, a podcast about music, all sorts of music. Today I've got a special guest with me, Lee McCormick, the one and only, the podcasting uh, rock and pod music director. Uh, you got a few, you got a few uh, things going on in your life, so why don't you give everyone an introduction about yourself? Yeah, man, how's it going? Good to be here. Thank you for having me, Julian. And uh, yeah, I'm a rock and roll fan. You know, uh, I'm a mu- musician too. And I've gotten into this podcasting world probably the last five, six years. Uh, you know, I started a Springsteen podcast, a huge Springsteen fan. So I figured, you know, there's no Springsteen podcast out there. So I put one together and, you know, that's been a lot of fun. And I've been branching off with that and doing these rocking and rolling and whatnot sidecasts where I talk about things other than Springsteen. And that's a lot of fun. It's been, you know, great being part of this podcast community and, uh, you know, it's great. So I appreciate you having me on and being able to share some of my uh, my music today. Yeah, and Tramps Like Us is, of course, the name of that uh, Springsteen podcast. So being friends with you on Facebook has been a great thing because it made me um, approach Bruce Springsteen or reapproach Bruce Springsteen when I did my adventure of revisiting every single one of his studio albums sequentially last year after yeah. bashing on him for many years and it completely <laughs> changed my outlook. You've also done, you know, episodes I think with uh, the Pods and Sods guys, um, you know, so you're all over the place, but now you've got some new music of your own coming out. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell everyone about yourself as a musician? Cause this is not your first release. If I recall correctly, you have been on a, covers album previously and uh yeah that's that's kind of how it started you know i've always been a a music fan since i was a a very young kid you know first just being a music lover falling in love with records you know and uh at a very young age i kind of wanted to be a dj a disc jockey because i figured i could just listen to records all day right and then i got a little bit older and i thought you know what maybe i'm not setting my uh i'm setting my sights a little bit too low there maybe i could actually play some of this stuff. Maybe I could be one of these guys that I look up to on these records, right? So then I, my teen years, I studied drums was my first instrument. Uh, not too long after that, I grabbed a guitar and I started learning guitar as well. So all through my teen years, I was kind of really absorbing all of this musical knowledge, uh, becoming a musician, learning how to play instruments, learning about all different styles, you know, branching off from the stuff that I learned, uh, the stuff that I was a fan of as a young kid, the pop music and the, the heavy metal. I'm going into you know some older 50s and 60s music, soul music, country music, uh, rockabilly music, and really you know jazz. Really kind of expanding my musical knowledge as I'm learning these instruments. Right, moving forward in my early 20s, I studied music at Humber College in Toronto. I uh, spent three years there in the jazz program, uh, playing drums, uh, meeting other musicians, learning how to become a better musician. Uh, kind of getting a professional musician ethic. That's kind of what I got out of college the most, more than the uh, the knowledge and the theory that they were teaching me, which is kind of how to be a musician, how to work with other musicians, how to lead a band, that kind of thing, right? And, you know, at that point, I started putting my own band together. And I thought, you know, I'm a drummer, I'm a guitar player. Maybe I'm just going to start writing some songs. Uh, maybe I can be a, a guy that puts a band together, right? So I put a band together myself, uh, called it Moon Violet. And basically, I was going to be the guitar songs uh on the records i would play that i could bass guitar uh, you know drums obviously and i had a, a female singer with me dallas dallas james and she had a great voice met her at college so we did a couple of releases with her and the first thing we did you mentioned was uh the tribute stuff 
right? So uh, the first one I did was a, a Kiss tribute called Pucker Up. I don't know if you know of that one. That was a uh, that was from Oshawa, which is a suburb of Toronto, right where I live here. And they they, they were very uh, a big like motor city, right? Just like General Motors, they make cars there. So they call this one uh, like Oshawa, Oshawa Rock City, kind of a tribute to the Kiss, kind of the, the Detroit Oshawa parallel there, right? So for that one, I did uh, a song Getaway, and I did a rockabilly version of that one, right, with Dallas on lead vocals. And I took this Kiss song and I kind of really turned it upside down and put this rockabilly tune together, which was really cool. It turned out really great, right? And that somehow got in the hands of the guy that was putting together this other tribute record to Ace Frehley called Return of the Comet, right? He heard of he heard my song on, on this tribute record, and he said, ah, oh, we've got to get this guy to do another Ace rockabilly one for this one, right? So uh, for, th- for that record, I chose Speeding Back to My Baby. Same concept, let's take a Kiss song, let's turn it upside down, see if we can do a rockabilly version of... Uh, Speeding back to my baby with Dallas on lead vocals, right? And that really turned out uh, really excellent. So that was kind of the first experience I had in a recording studio and kind of getting music out there on a, on a CD, physical copy, which was exciting in the late 90s there, you know? Yeah, that, that Doug organized CD was the bomb back then because it just had so many different things and those yeah. quirky takes on covers. The uh, the Pucker Up, the Canadian tribute to Kiss, I was never able to find a copy of, which which is really a bummer. But I mean, I might, have, a, I might have a couple of copies here. Maybe I, can, <laughs> maybe I can send one for you in the mail here. Where's that one? Yeah, there's, there's that one there. Pucker yeah, Up. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, those are money on eBay. So <laughs> there you go. You know, I might but, have a couple hanging around. Yeah, yeah. But you know, in in your career, you've moved forward. You've worked. You you have. You are a working musician. You've been. You know, I remember you took off on a cruise last year. I think it was. And, yeah, I gave uh, it my pretty much went around my, the world. Yeah, I gave it my best shot. You know, in the see the kind of thing that was kind of sucked when I was really getting into the music business was. You know, the music business was drastically changing right when I was starting out. So I was starting out like 99, 2000. And I was like, how do you do it here? Let's make a CD. So we went in the studio. We made a CD, uh, physical copies, tried to get a record deal. Had a little bit of label interest, but nothing. So we just put it out independently. I was selling CDs at shows. We went through that route, kind of the old school way of how do you you start a band? How do you promote a CD, right? And we did another one in 2006. Uh, This one I kind of took over as a lead vocalist, right? My uh, my singer Dallas, she got married and kind of had other priorities than being in a rock and roll band. So this, this is my chance to kind of, I got just got to step up. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing, right? I was always kind of shy about singing. But, uh, you know, I took that step. I made a record with my, all my lead vocals and, uh, you know, did the same thing, tried to market that. But I was noticing like that decade from 99 to 2009. It's just like, it's, it's so hard to sell CDs, right? And you could see people just dropping off like each gig I would do, I would sell less and less CDs and people would almost be like shocked that I was charging $10 for a CD kind of thing. Right. So I really kind of had to reevaluate, uh, you know, what am I, is this going to be a career? Is this going to be a hobby? How am I going to sustain my creativity? So, you know, I, I started working on cruise ships as a drummer, you know, I did a, a stint for about three years where I was just the orchestra drummer on a cruise ship. And then in recent years, I've hooked up with a, a Beatles tribute band and we go on like uh, do gigs as guest entertainers on cruise ships. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm still playing and I'm getting paid, you know, so it's not really the the dream of being the musician and the songwriter and the, the rock star that I want to be. Right. But I'm still being able to get out there, and be creative and see the world. And my music has been able to afford me 
some great things. Like you said, I was, I was gone for like two or three months there last year, all over Europe and Asia playing Beatles songs. Right. So <laughs> you kind of just got to make it work and, uh, you know, have some fun with it. You know, <laughs> Play Beatles songs by night, hitting record stores in different countries by day. I mean, come that's on. That's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's absolutely awesome. And I've had the pleasure of uh, sharing the stage with you at two of the rock and pod expos in Nashville. You, you've been a regular there. And I think we did rip it out the first year yeah. um, that I was butchering on vocals. And then last year I strapped on a guitar uh, and butchered Neil Young, <laughs> which it was a blast with Greg Troy and up on on stage. I don't remember the other cats who were who were doing yeah, stuff, but, but I, I think the, the great fun of that is watching you because you organize this every year. You get the songs together, you get the little groups together, and then basically you're working your way around the stage on every different instrument. You know, yeah. ha- having a great time. Um, I still say Ralph. And the guys won last year with Twisted Sister, uh, a rock and pop. But let's talk about your new single, "Train yeah. to Heartbreak." Um, yeah, big thrill, man. This is a this is a, a. I'm really excited about this one, probably more than any of my other releases. And there's a little bit of a backstory behind this, and so I'll just kind of give you the kind of short synopsis of what happened. Well, this is a song I had. I wrote this song about ten years ago, put it out on a CD, and I always thought it was a really good song, you know, and. Uh, one of my best songs that I've done. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of uh, attending Steve Earle's Camp Copperhead uh, a few years. He has this master class that he does once a year up in Big Indian, New York, where it's about, you know, four or five day uh, camp with Steve Earle going through songwriting techniques and having him mentor you and give you exercise and, th- and things like that. So I was there a couple of years ago and I had the opportunity to go up in front of the class, in front of Steve Earle, and perform my song, Train of Heartbreak. With the lyrics on behind the stage and have Steve Earle there, he's one of my heroes, right? So it was a it was a big thrill to play a song that I wrote and have Steve Earle there listening to it and looking at the lyrics behind me, right? And and after I played the song, he gave me a little critique, and one of the things he said was, uh, "Train a heartbreak." I think you might want to change that to "Train to heartbreak." And then a light bulb kind of went off in my head. I'm like, "Ooh, that's kind of nice," right? So he gave me you know some tips and some little pointers. You know, this line is a little. Uh, you might want to change that a little bit and maybe drop a verse, move this here, right? So so it was great to have a song that I really love that I think is a good, you know, one of, one of my, my best songs that I've written and have Steve Earle kind of tweak it a little bit. So now I, I have this song that I've worked on and I've got it right down. And, uh, you know, the big thrill was I was able to record it at Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, last summer after the rock and pod now that's what was, i that's what i thought i remember that after yeah. the rock and pod you were heading on to uh memphis right that's right yeah yeah so like every time i hit nashville i gotta hit memphis because you know i love memphis sun records elvis presley stacks you know johnny cash there's just such a vibe with that city so you know when i'm in nashville i gotta go down music highway and hit memphis right so i've been friendly with the guys that work at sun there and when i was there for rock and pod 2 and did the Memphis Trek, they kind of said, hey, man, you got to come down next year and record a song. And so they kind of gave me a little bit of deal uh, on, on the price there. And we had a great time, uh, you know, putting down two songs. I did the Train to Heart, Train to Heartbreak and uh, another song, Every Night's a Saturday Night, which is the B-side of this vinyl single that I'm going to be putting out. So it was really exciting to have, you know, the song recorded at, sun studio in memphis tennessee you know like playing all these vintage instruments it's like the drum kit that's there i was like i don't, I don't know if you remember the uh, the video you two did there in the 80s uh when love comes to town for the rattle and hum right and larry mullen jr brought a drum kit with him and he just left it there 
right? So that's the drum kit that's there. So that's the drums that I played on this track were Larry Mullen Jr.'s Ludwig kit, right? And, you know, I, I played Marty Stewart's Martin acoustic guitar was there. I brought my Gretsch guitar down. You know, uh, I brought my buddy James came down to play uh, upright doghouse bass. So they had a bass there. And we're using all ribbon mics, like all vintage equipment, vintage microphones. And when I did the vocal take, like I'm standing right in the spot where Elvis Presley stood when he would record, you know, these, these classic Sun records in, in the 50s, right? So it was just a, such a thrill to stand there and absorb like this, you know, the ghosts of Sun records and try and <laughs> capture some of this magic on this this recording that I did, right? So, That's the part uh, think, that blows my mind. I mean, here you are, you are in Sun Studios, and it's yeah. not like for the Beatles, the cavern, which is no longer the cavern. This is mm-hmm. where that history took place, and it doesn't matter whether you're a metalhead, whether you're into disco, whether you're into R&B or whatever. The music history that must have been seeping off the walls and coming up yeah. to the floor. I mean, how on earth do you get your head around, I'm standing here, <laughs> and now I have to perform my own song um, well, and, and yeah. have it echo here as well? Well, I've been there so many times as a tourist, right? Like, it's a great tour you can go through, and they kind of give you an audio tour because it's basically you're just, it's just one room right like a, fr- a small front office and then maybe uh like a 30 by 40 uh you know recording room and in the back uh, uh control booth you can't really go in for the the tours all the vintage stuff has kind of been re- uh, taken out of there anyway but uh you know just to go through as a tour and just to take in the vibe and like this is the room man but then to be there as, as a musician and a performer and it was just uh, such a thrill and i mean like it's the same tiles on the floor it's the same, uh, you know, uh, baffling on the roofs and everything. It's the piping is the same. So the doors are all the same, right? So you're just sopping in all this uh, this great mojo from this this incredible studio, right? And I'm a junkie for all, you know, vintage studios and places and, you know, landmark, rock and roll landmarks. And this is probably, you know, in the top three rock and roll landmarks in the world, I think, this studio, right? So uh, it was just such a thrill to put, the, put this out. And, you know, I'm just so excited to have put out a 45 uh, vinyl with two songs recorded at Sun Studio, right? So <laughs> it's such a thrill. That's, that's going to be wild. And you've already mentioned some of the instrumentation that you used, upright bass. Um, yep. I heard the Gretsch on the on the, on the play. I was like, oh, gotta I gotta have add, yeah, was, that's got to be a Gretsch. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's got that sonic <laughs> signature that it can be yeah. nothing else. So I'm, I'm actually relieved that I was correct on that. But the first impression that I got, you know, and again, with my limited musical vocabulary for kind of Americana, and everything that came out of Memphis um, was kind of the chucka chucka of uh, Johnny Cash. You know, For sure. I, I, I was getting that vibe tremendously. When you're writing this song, what were were there influences in your head that were speaking to you as you developed it and as it found its final arrangement? For sure. I mean, like I'm a big rockabilly fan. I'm a big old school country fan. Right. So this song, when I wrote it, like, I had in my head, you know, Stray Cats meet Johnny Cash. What would that sound like, right? So that's what I, this is what I think I came up with, right? Kind of, you got to have that kind of Johnny Cash acoustic guitar, uh, you know, the one five boomed, boomed, boomed underneath there. You got to have some twangy Gretsch guitar, like you mentioned, like Brian Setzer, Stray Cats, some swinging drums, you know, and uh, yeah, I did my best. I'm really proud of this song, man. I think it turned out great. You know, the, the title Train of Heartbreak that I originally had, you know, came from a Johnny Cash song called Train of Love. And that was kind of the, the impetus of, to start this, this uh, the lyrics of this song, right? So, yeah, it's uh, t- turned out really well. I'm really excited for it. And one thing I'll mention, too, is we, I got a video that's, gonna, that's out there, too. So, you know, people can check out the video and see 
me in Sun Studios, uh, you know, laying down some of these tracks. And it was cool because, the, you know, the, the guys, the engineers at Sun there, they're young guys, right? But And they they open it up for recording like at night. So you can they do the tours in the daytime and then like 6 p.m. to midnight, you can go in there and record a song kind of thing, right? And most of the guys that go in there, they record it like the way they would do it in the early days where you're just recording live off the floor, right? You just put your band up there, play live. Hopefully you don't get any you know clunkers, too many mistakes, and you can just, there's a take, right? But what I did was, you know, I layered everything. So, I, you know, I, first I put down the drum track, then the acoustic guitar, then the bass and the guitar vocals on top kind of thing, right? And they were, the guys in the uh, studio, they were kind of like, wow, we've never really done this before. And they were kind of impressed that I was able to kind of move from instrument to instrument. And I had it all kind of laid out and the way I was able to create this song and layer it that way, right? Playing everything except the uh, the upright bass that I brought my buddy down to uh, to tackle, right? So was it all completed there or did you then walk away with files and, uh, you know, have to finish it up elsewhere? Well, no, we, we recorded the raw stuff there, right? And that was basically it, right? Like, I, and I mixed it back home here in Toronto with my my buddies at a at his studio. But the, uh, the the main thing I wanted to get out of the Sun Studio was recording everything, get those sounds with the vintage ribbon mics and the sound of that room, and, you know, the sound of the vintage instruments there, right? So, and it was recorded, uh, you know, the exact same way that Sam Phillips would have done it in the '50s, right? Like, so the board that they had was a, was a simple like two channel board. And, you know, the vocal effect you hear is, is the exact like slap tape delay that they would put on like an Elvis, an Elvis record from the, from 54. Right. Where what you're doing is you're you're running your what you've recorded through a tape machine. Right. And the tape machine adjusts speed slightly so that you'll get two vocal tracks. But one is kind of slightly behind it. So you get kind of get this echo echo effect. Right. That's the slap. And you get that off a, a, a tape. It's to do with tape, recording back to tape and the, the differential between the speeds of the tape, right? So it was cool to, to have my vocal track raw, and then they send it through the tape machine that they would effectively they would put on a Presley record, and all of a sudden my voice turned into like, oh, there's the, there's the sound, right? There's the sun vocal sound. So, you know, that was it's such a thrill. It's really exciting. Yeah, some of the very earliest studio kind of trickery that later grew into what the Beatles would do and, you know, that, what all, yeah. all the other well, Prince later did, you know, like 24 tracks ain't enough. Get me two 24 track machines and let's make some magic. All right, so where yeah. can people get your single and, uh, you know, what's its availability and uh, the details on that? Well, it's out now, and uh, we have vinyl. Obviously, that's the one I'm most excited about is to have my stuff on vinyl, right? I've put out CDs before, but never a record. So this is the first uh, vinyl uh, product I've put out. We're putting out a seven-inch, uh, two songs, both of them recorded at Sun Studio, and you know, it's it's a great you know rock and roll, rockabilly, Sun Records vibe to that. So, you know, I'm selling those for 9.99, and you can get also it's also the digital is out there, right? You can get the the single "Train to Heartbreak" on Apple Music. I think it's $1.98 for both songs, so that's a bargain, too. Uh, you, look, you can listen on Spotify. If, if that's the way you do it, it's on there. Just look up Train to Heartbreak, Lee McCormick. You'll find it there. And, uh, yeah, look up the video, too, Train to Heartbreak, Lee McCormick. That's on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, moonviolet.com is the website. That was my band. My band was Moonviolet. And this, for this single, I'm releasing it under my my name, Lee McCormick, this first release I've ever put out under my name. So the website is moonviolet.com. That's a good place to go for if you want to, you know, get some more information on some of the other records I've done. Uh, you know, the Kiss stuff, the Kiss tributes and the uh, the previous records, Rock and Roll Party, Heart Tattoo. Come on, let's all go uh, check it out on moonviolet.com. That's awesome, Lee. 
Um, any final words? Because that that's just so cool. I think people are going to enjoy this. People who appreciate music and, and appreciate music history, just think of uh, all those bands that have enjoyed going to Abbey Road to record because of the history that soaks off the wall. America's Got Sun Studios. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's such a thrill. So I, I appreciate you, Julian, letting me come on here and kind of, <laughs> you know, promote my stuff here. I forgot to say, with the vinyl, um, you can get it off Amazon, but there's a little bit of a slowdown with Amazon. I think they're... There's a delay with them stocking their warehouses with new product, new records these days. So, you know, the quickest way to get it is to contact me directly through the website or the Facebook page, Moonlight Violet Music. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Please check out the video and uh, have a listen. And uh, <laughs> I uh, sincerely appreciate it. And I hope you dig it. Rock and yeah, roll, man. I know I do. And support the artist. And what's better than being able to get it, get the music directly from the artist. So, Lee McCormick, thank you very much. Best of luck with the See you there. Thanks, Julian. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>